Hello and welcome to Extra Time here on LCFC Radio and LCFC TV after Leicester City's 2-0 defeat at the Emirates on Sunday. Uh, we'll assess that game. We'll also look ahead to that massive second leg in Rennes in the UEFA Europa Conference League. Obviously, we'll look back on that first leg as well that happened on Thursday. Uh, Tony Cotty, Jerry Taggart and Ewan Roberts are the guests for the show Today, uh, Tony, uh, I gather you were in Spain last week, weren't you, um, watching the Hammers? How was Sevilla? How, uh, how was the trip in general? I had a busy week, Dan, yeah. Um, I flew out to Sevilla um, Thursday morning. It's a wonderful city, really is. I had a great time over there. Obviously, a slightly disappointing result for West Ham in terms of losing the game, but it's not uh, from the point of view they're still in it for the second leg. So there's a big game coming up at the London Stadium on Thursday this week, same as Leicester playing in Europe. Uh, and of course, I was at the London Stadium yesterday to watch some big better 2 1. So, uh, yeah, it's been a busy few days then, just trying to calm down a little bit. Uh, Ewan, there's no need to ask you where you were at the weekend. We know where you were. You were at the Emirates for us on, uh, on co commentary duty. Didn't quite bring the look that you brought when it was Brentford away, but um, I'm sure we'll have you back again, or Matt Elliott will certainly uh, have you back again to cover him. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the Emirates? I did. I mean, you can you can never but in, in not but enjoy going to a stadium like that, Dan. I hadn't been for a good few years. Um, I didn't enjoy the journey home. The MLM was closed, so it took me three hours to, to get back. Um, and that meant missing Peaky Blinders, so I'm going to have to catch up with that this week. <laughs> yeah, there's an easy catch-up on the iPlayer, you, and I'm, I'm sure that'll be fine. But uh, Matt Elliott, I'm sure his heart bleeds for you with that trip back with the MLM closed and everything. I'll be sure to pass that on to him, Ewan. Uh, finally, Jerry Taggart, uh, obviously you were on Zoom with us, so you have, you've had a, a nice weekend at home, really. Yeah, uh, uh, I wouldn't say it's been nice. It's, you know, I don't like being cooked up in the house for too long, as you probably know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm happy. I was happy to take a back seat for once, up in the dungeon where I am now for a couple of hours, yeah. Yeah, and you're back with us again. Uh, I'll let you sort your iPad out, Jerry, because I can see you're having a, a few issues holding it there. So I'll, I'll go to Tony first. Tony, did you manage to, obviously, I know, you, as you said, you are at West Ham, but you, you probably saw the Leicester result and, and have seen the highlights. What did you make of that one? Yeah, I only saw the highlights then, but um, I think it's, I've just took it to you and before we come on air there, and I think it's, you know, it's always difficult for any team um, that's played in Europe on the Thursday, that Le Leicester did, albeit without the travelling, obviously, but you're still playing in Europe, you're playing a midweek game, all the preparation that goes around that. And you then add, factor in the injuries that we all know and we've spoke about so much this season with Leicester and that, and then you're going to, you know, what is probably at the moment one of the toughest places to go to because Arsenal, after a, a dreadful start, you know, to be fair to Mikel Arteta, he's got them back playing. He's got them playing some really good football. The clips I saw, some of their one touch and passing and movement was incredible yesterday. Um, so it was always, always going to be a difficult game for Leicester. You know, 2 0 is obviously a disappointing result in terms of losing the game. Um, but it, it, it's, you have to put it in perspective and you, you've got to accept that it was against an informed Arsenal team. So, disappointing result, but, you know, there's always some pluses to take out of it, I thought. Yeah, Ewan, how, how did you see the game? Obviously, it is a little bit different when you're there and, and you're seeing it in the flesh. The Arsenal looked quicker, looked sharper, um, stronger, looked as if they had more energy. Um, and I was saying to TC, Dan, that had you turned up and you didn't have a clue what happened last week, you would have guessed straight away which team had had a week to prepare for, for the game and the team that had played on the Thursday night. It just there's, there's no disgrace in, in losing to Arsenal, especially at the Emirates. What's that? The nine, ninth win at home in their last 11 Premier League games. They're in five foot, fine form. You know, they've got pace on, on, in, in wide areas with Saka and Martinelli. Um, Odengard, he looks a top, top player. You know, Lacazette, not that... that is prolific in front of goal, but you know he's always keeping defenders on his toes. The sad thing for me, and you look at how you try and expose if, if a team has got a weakness. Now Arsenal, they do concede goals, but Leicester only had that one real chance. Really, only made Ramsdale work that once with that header from from Harvey Barnes. There was no lack of effort. That there never is, but they looked sluggish yesterday, and I think you can only think with. The, the, the amount of games that, that have been played recently, that 
tough game on Thursday night, and it was a tough game. You know, they were they they were they had to work really hard to get that two 0 win against Wren, but they just fell short against a very very good Arsenal team. We saw from the team news, Jerry. It was a little bit eyebrow raising, wasn't it? What yeah. what Brendan Rodgers decided to do, and and you kind of understand it, really. You get it that there is that massive second leg on Thursday. Maybe that is the priority. Yeah, maybe so. I think you know. Obviously, when we seen the, the starting eleven yesterday, and and you think, wow, well, he's he's left a couple of main players out in that midfield area. Uh, then I'm not saying. Brendan had resigned himself to, you know, maybe take them, you know, maybe taking a hit for this game. But as it panned out, you know, we described it perfectly. They just didn't have that cutting edge yesterday when they needed it most. Uh, the best team won on the day. Uh, and rightly so, you know, looking forward to, you know, Thursday's game in Rennes, which... You know, we've all had an opinion on the game on Thursday night, but we've all got an opinion on what may happen this coming Thursday. But you have to be pretty sure that it's going to be another difficult game, or, or like a rain or a, a hard-working physical team. And, and, and that result, that great result last Thursday, was hard fought for. That was a tough game for 90 minutes. Uh, and it's not going to be any different. And... You know, you can see that Brendan Rodgers wants to go deep into this competition, this Europa Conference League competition. And maybe that was in the back of his mind when he picked that starting 11 yesterday. Yeah, I think we, I asked you just before we, um, we handed over to the commentary team, I said, what would be a good result for Leicester? And you said, probably a draw. You'd have taken a draw at that stage, having yeah. seen the team and having talked about everything. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's, and, and again, you know, you listen to Ewan and TC talk and sometimes you've got to resign yourself to the fact that when you go to the Emirates, an informed Arsenal team is going to be tough. You know, they're a decent outfit, a very good outfit, in fact. And they've got, but I think the most disappointing thing about yesterday was Arsenal didn't score from open play. It was, you know, a set piece again and then obviously the penalty. Uh, you know, we can talk about that later on or whatever, but for all Arsenal's good play and, and, and whatever, it was just pressure that told in the end that led to one or two mistakes, one or two minor mistakes or whatever you want to call them that led to Arsenal's goals. And that tells me that somewhere along the line there's a little bit of fatigue, which is understandable after what they went mm. through on Thursday night. And yet you have to take that into consideration. I know people say, well, West Ham went to, West Ham went to Seville uh, and that was a tough game for them. And then they came back to the London Stadium and won their game yesterday. But you're going to the Emirates, an informed Arsenal team. And when you actually analyse both the goals conceded, uh, then you realise that uh, you know, it was just a bit of minor fatigue. No cutting edge at the other end of the pitch. That was the difference. Yeah, when, as soon as Jerry said the word fatigue, Ewan, I think you and I both thought the same thing. I was about to, to then come to you and say that's understandable. Jerry himself said it's understandable. The, 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 the fatigue is there at Leicester at the minute. Yeah, and if you look at the, the, the players that, that came in, um, I thought Ricardo struggled. Yeah, and, and, and there's reasons for that. I thought he found it hard against Martinelli. I thought Mendy came in and did well, to be fair. I, I, I thought... I thought he, in the first half, he got himself in some really good defensive positions, got some really good blocks in on, on shots on goal, you know, won his tackles, kept, kept things simple, kept things moving. I thought he, I thought he did, did quite well. I thought, I thought Kelechi really struggled. You know, he's given an opportunity after coming off the bench twice and, 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 and creating an impact. And but I, thought, I thought he struggled yesterday. But and I mentioned it yesterday. You look at that Arsenal side, and and they are really playing well. You know, Arteta's really got them firing on on all cylinders. But a young side, I think, was it seven of their players were twenty four or, or younger. There's a youthfulness about them. They're, they're a confident team, and it was never ever going to be never going to be easy down there. Um, you know, Leicester haven't got the the best record away in the Premier League in uh, Arsenal. I think they've only. Won once now in, in 16 appearances. So, so that tells you something that they've always found it hard travelling to 
to to to North uh, to North London, and and maybe they had not one eye on on what's coming up on 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 Thursday night because that is the best chance of silverware. Now it, it, it is a major European competition. It is the best way for the club to once again get through into the Europa League next season. And sometimes you've got to hold your hands up. Yeah, for all and, and I look at back at that Leeds game and I think I think Casper had to work harder against Leeds than he did yesterday. You know, for all their possession, for all their good play, he only had a couple of saves to make against against us. I thought Leicester defended really, really well again. Uh, but as Tag said, two set pieces, poor poor corner. When you think they only had two corners, Arsenal yesterday, and they scored from one. So that 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 leaves you slightly disappointed once again. But you, you move on. You, you can't dwell. You, you can't deep think about things. You, beaten by a very very good team. It's simple as that. Yeah, you and brought up that record, Tony, away at Arsenal. It's one Premier League win away at Arsenal. Uh, you were there for it, uh, commentating for LCFC Radio. Before that, the last win away at Arsenal in the top flight was 1973 as well. So clearly it's a really tough place for Leicester to go. And, and again, we saw that yesterday. It's always been one of them games, I think, for Leicester, Dan. Always a tough place to go, whether it was Highbury in the old days or the Emirates. I, I remember we, we, we was leading there one year one. And then uh, Frank Sinclair got one of his special own goals. We ended up losing. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a difficult place to go to. They're they're, they're in really really good form at the moment, Arsenal. And um, and I, I I honestly believe that they would give any team in the Premier League a good game. And I include the top boys in that: the Man City, the Liverpools, and the Chelsea's. That's how good their form is at the moment. They are very young, and they're playing with real confidence. And if you get that confidence, you. When you go there, it, it makes it so difficult. Then, in terms of the, the team selection that you, you spoke about with the boys, I think Brendan was right. You, you have to try and protect some of the players, the likes of Tielemans, the likes of Ndidi on the bench. That, that was obviously fit to play, otherwise it wouldn't be on the bench. But you know, you've got to have one eye on on Thursday night. And you, you look at where Leicester are at the moment. They've got thirty three points in the Premier League. They're very healthily in mid table. They've got games in hand. You could argue that they probably need two wins out of 12 to, to guarantee a Premier League survival, you know, and, and let's be honest, Leicester are not going to lose 12 games on the trot in the Premier League, that's a piss of death, obviously, but you know what I'm saying, it, it's not it's not going to happen, there's too many good players at the football club, so the, the area to focus on has to be the, the, the Conference League, it's got to be, because it's the way for Leicester, you get a nice cut run, the fans have enjoyed the travelling, they get to be a part of it, you can win a cup, and at the end of it, you can qualify for the Europa League for next season. And, you know, with the league position at the moment, Leicester are not going to do that through their Premier League qualification. They're too far off the base. So it's right to prioritise. But when you do that, as we've all spoke about, it makes it even more difficult to go and get a result at Arsenal. Yeah, we'll prioritise that as well and, and talk about it in just a moment. But, but we're just concentrating again for a little bit longer, Jerry, particularly the, the corners, the set piece. I, mm. I, I saved both you and Ewan from talking about it yesterday and gave it to Matt Elliott, knowing that you'd have to say something on it today. Just disappointing again, it, because it had been so much better in, in recent weeks. I get it, everybody concedes from corners. I understand that. It's just the fact that Leicester had, had shored things up from, from set pieces in recent weeks. Yeah, and, and an, an integral part of that, Dan, was Wilfred and Dede, who didn't start the game. And then when you analyse Arsenal's top men when it comes to set pieces, you've obviously got the two centre-halves, <coughs> Barty, who are probably the three biggest players on the pitch and three most aggressive players in the air. And with uh, Wilfred and Dede not playing, if he had started, he'd have probably been picking up one of those three players. And so that might have changed the dynamic of that situation at that moment. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, I know, but you've got to say that Wilfred might have been picking up a Partey, a White, or, or a Gabriel. Uh, that would have mean that, you know, one of the other two centre-halves would have been picking Partey up, or it could have been Wilfred, as it was with Mendy coming in and his physical stature at set pieces that was given to Luke Thomas to do that. And unfortunately, Luke just had a, a, a... It was more his inexperience that led to that than anything else for me. He, as Matt, Matt described it perfectly, it was just in his willingness to go and try and win the ball that made him get caught in front or underneath the flight of the ball. And then it, it left party for 
with a free header uh, at the near post. So would that have happened if Wilfred had been in the team? Who knows? But you'd, you'd like to think that it would have been at least a bit more difficult for Arsenal to get on the score sheet. And in fairness to Luke Thomas, you and if if Thomas Partey and Luke Thomas went up for a header, 10 times out of 10, probably Partey wins them all just because of his height and his physicality. Yeah, and, and, and if you look at Partey's position before the ball's taken, he's in the middle of the six-yard box. Um, it's, a good, it's a good delivery into that near post and he, he just takes four steps towards that near post. And, and the flight of the ball was perfect for them. And he's, he is six foot plus. I think Harvey Barnes was on the near post. And sometimes, Dan, when, when you've got such a good flighted ball in, it's hard to defend. I mean, I, I, I can't remember if there was anybody at the near post that had there been, could they have sort of taken a, a step across and, and stopped it? I, I, I don't know. Um, Ricardo was on the near post, you know? When Ricardo was on the near post. He was on the near post. He comes out to try and because he thinks he can win the header. But whether he could have blocked it or not, I don't know. I mean, but but when you've got when you've got a player who's got three or four yards run on you onto that near post and he's jumping nice and early, it's always difficult to stop. Yeah, and it, but again, it was just the, the frustration, Tony, as, as we've all, all alluded to, the fact that it had been better in, in recent weeks. And then really, the first one was directly from a corner. The second one, the penalty led, was you know from a, a set piece, was from a free kick in a, in a wide position. Yeah, and the, the players deserve credit, Dan, because they have worked it. And you can see Brendan's been working there with the players because <laughs> it was really poor at the start of the season. We, you know, it seemed to be every single game okay. they doing these reviews. You're talking about conceding from set pieces. So, it, you know, it certainly has improved. Um, I saw the interview Brendan did after the game and, you know, he said he was disappointed with it. And he, he also said about players, you know, you have to do your job. And, you know, that's the thing with a corner or a free kick, set piece, whatever it might be. Yeah, you have to do your job. And yes, it was a good ball in for the first goal, but you, you have to do your job, whether that's a defender heading it away, Casper coming out to punch it, someone staying on the near post, staying with the runners. There's so many things. There's so much going on in a, a small space of time. But players have to do their jobs and disappointing to concede. And then, of course, the penalty incident. You know, once you do the review, once you see that the ball has changed flight, I don't think anyone can deny the fact that, you know, Soyuncu had his hand up, it hit his hand. Uh, and when when your hand's up there, they're going to give a penalty. I mean, the only thing that frustrates me with that is it's so inconsistent. You know, you could do that one week and they'll say, oh, yeah, it was accidental and they don't give a penalty. And then the following week, they'll say, oh, no, he meant to do it. And yet he's done the same as the guy did last week. So uh, I think from the sort of the review, the VAR, the handball, the whole handball scenario as to whether it's a penalty or not, just be consistent. And if that's consistently bad, I'll accept that. But just be consistent, and that's what drives me mad. You know, as much as I'd like to say it wasn't a penalty, I do feel it was. Uh, Jerry, what are your thoughts on the decision? I, I agree with Tony. Unfortunately, you know, his hand is. I, I think again, uh, you can try and understand why the hand was there, why Sanchez's hand was up there, what 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 he was actually trying to do. Was he trying to? get his hand in the way to put it off and then he realised, oh no, I best not because it will go to VAR and look at a penalty and then he tried to take his hand away but he's definitely touched it. You can't really argue with that, Dan. And again, there's all different scenarios where, you know, it's taken three, four, five minutes, however long it took to make that decision but again, you could say that the Emirates effect, let's call it, might have had a, a part to play where Arsenal at home they're 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 banging on about penalty. You know, Tony's right about the inconsistencies in VAR and penalty decisions that are being given or not given. You know, was was this, you know, when, when the referee goes over to the TV screen, is his mind already made up? Because he's at the because he is effectively given the decision to make for himself. And then is is, is that partly because he's at the Emirates? But when you say that, that, there's that one angle where it's pretty clear that the ball does move a different direction. Uh, and that tells me that he's touched it. Would look, Thomas have cleared it if he hadn't have touched it? Probably. But unfortunately for, you know, Soyuncu, 
he's made that split-second decision. And in the end, that's what changes games of football, is that split-second decision-making. Uh, and unfortunately, it was the wrong one, and it was picked up on. Yeah, one point that we brought up in the studio, uh, Ewan, when the game was going on, was that had that been at the other end, still at the Emirates, but yeah. Leicester attacking, would it have would it still have been given? Would there have been a much furore around it? And and listen, I'm not blaming Mikel Arteta in any way because any manager would do it. When there's an angle where the, the referee's looking at the screen and you can see Arteta behind him just shouting at him, saying it's penalty, it's hit his hand. And, and, and again, I think Brendan Rodgers would do the same in the same situation as would all 20 Premier League managers. But it, well, it's I, just frustrating to see that. And the I fact don't that, think, uh, that would Leicester have got that penalty at the Emirates yesterday? Dan, I, I don't think at the time the incident happened, not too many Arsenal's, Arsenal players appealed. And that tells you a lot. And obviously, on the Arsenal bench, there'll, there'll be somebody looking back at that incident and would have, would have said to Arteta, that looks as if it's come off his hand. He'd then get that message onto the pitch and then you get the Arsenal player surrounding the referee. Go and check VAR. I, I mean, I don't think it's intentional, I have to say. Yes, his arm is in an unnatural position. And he, I mean, you couldn't see it in that split second when it happened in real time. You have to see it more than five, six times to see the slightest of touches coming off Sainte's fingertips. fingertips. And I, I think he's trying to take his arm away from the ball to make sure he doesn't hand it. But the ball's come too quickly. I think it's ball to hand, but as we've seen now, the rules. Are, I think it's the rules that need changing. I, I think referees, they should be allowed to to use common sense. But once once that's ball, once that ball, once the referee's gone over and had a look at the screen and, and seen the yeah. replay, once he's seen it hit the fingertips of Sinchu, it's going up. Goal, it's going towards goal. I don't think he scores with a header, um, whether it's intentional or not. He's always because of the rules, Dan. Because of the rules, and I don't agree with them. I think he's always going to change his mind and point to the penalty spot. Ewan, one, one thing I was going to say, Ewan, with the VAR now, you know, when the referee goes over to the side of the pitch, I, I, I don't think I've seen a referee go over and not give the decision that he's obviously yeah. been... Yeah. So what is the point of the referee now going over to the screen? Because as soon as he goes over to the screen, we know he's giving the penalty. So you might yeah. as well just yeah. tell it to stand where he is and give a penalty. It's, yeah. To me, it's a, it's a waste of time. And it's not... I know from... From an Arsenal fan's point of view, it's like, hey, he's going over to the side of the pitch and that, and you know that he's going to give a penalty. But from a Leicester fan's point of view, those, those that have been at the Emirates, it's torture because you know he's walking over and you know full well he's going to give a penalty. So what's the point? It's crazy. Yeah, I think one, one other thing I'm going to add as well is that, that there's all this talk of clear and obvious, Jerry. They had a yeah. lot of looks at that. A yeah. lot of looks at it. And does that not suggest if you're looking for that long that something isn't clear and obvious? Well, yeah, and I think this is where there's still an issue with VAR in general, and Tony's spoken about it, the inconsistencies. It's all down to individuals' interpretation. And then when an individual can't make his mind up, i.e. the VAR, he gets together with a referee, and they're chatting down the airways to each other, going over looking at the screen, and, and you know... Uh, they're both sort of chatting to each other while the referee's looking at the screen and they come to a decision. Whether that was, like Ewan says, intentional or accidental, that's up to the VAR and the referee interpretation of what they see on the screen. That doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just down to their interpretation. That is why there's still so many inconsistencies in VAR because individuals are interpreting what they see on a TV screen differently to, to somebody else might do. And that's where the, the issues lie with me. Right, let's move on from that. You uh, and you said that, that Leicester's best chance or best opportunity was the Harvey Barnes header. Brilliant save from Ramsdale. Uh, Leicester fans, I think, and players are sick of the sight of him this season. He made some brilliant saves at King Power Stadium earlier on in the season as well. But, but that, that was a good save from the, the Harvey Barnes header. It was. I think it was a good height for him, in, in all honesty. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a good reaction save. He's, he's a top keeper. I think he's the best keeper that England have, have, have got at the minute. I think he's a better keeper than, than Jordan Pickford. I think that was his seventh clean sheet in 13 home games now. Um, so, 
that tells you a lot. He's, he's a confident young man. And the, 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 the sad thing for me, Leicester never really tested him after that. They had one shot in the second half where Iheanacho's pulled it onto his left foot. And it, it, it's taken a deflection. And, and because of that, the pace and the powers has, has been taken off the shot. It's a comfortable save for him in the end. But when you think, Dan, uh, before yesterday, Leicester had scored in all bar one of their Premier League away games this season. They haven't scored at Anfield. And, and whenever they've been away from home, even though away form isn't brilliant, and we'll probably talk about that in a little while, they've always scored goals. Just after that chance for Harvey Barnes, they never, ever looked like causing Ramsdale any problems, sadly. And do you know what? You're without, you're without your main man, who scored eight goals in his last ten appearances against Arsenal. And maybe the two boys that are on the sidelines, maybe they're not quite right to, to fill his boots yet. Yeah, there was that period, wasn't there, Ewan? Was it about 15, 20 minutes before half-time when Leicester half-time. were really on top, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. I've got, got to say, there was a good reaction that I thought, you know, after conceding that, that, that disappointing goal after the 11 minutes, for, for 20 minutes, you know, the, the, the home team were, were on top, 25, and then Leicester got into it. They, they won the ball back nice and early. They put plenty, plenty of balls into that Arsenal penalty box, but there was no, and TC mentioned it earlier, you, you compare the, the attacking play that Arsenal had in, in the final third, the little one-twos, the, the, the quick passing, the good movement. We never really had that yesterday. And I think that was the biggest difference for me um, in the final third. Arsenal were, looked really sharp. Everything was a little bit too laboured and a little bit too slow from, from a Leicester point of view. Yeah, which is disappointing. Hopefully, Jerry, it won't be the case on Thursday, though. Um, Ren away, that second leg, Leicester have a 2-0 lead. Uh, after well, leading up to 90 minutes, we were going to be talking about a one 0 lead, but then Kelechi and Acho, brilliant finish. By no means, not saying it's put the tide to bed, but it's really put Leicester in a strong position. But as we've been talking about with Ren a lot, this is by no means tie over yet. No, I think as far as Ren are concerned, you can see why they win games. They're a very robust, very functional team. They, I think I spoke about. They lack a little bit of that. <clears throat> creative genius, if you want, that Leicester have in, in the likes of a Madison or a Tielemans or a Barnes uh, on top form. But you can see how they win games. They, they steamroll their teams. They're, they're, uh, they're non-stop in their pursuit f- for goals. And you, with the home fans, the vociferous home fans apparently that they have then, it's you can just see it being a difficult evening on Thursday night and they're going to have to weather on an almighty storm. And as I said, I think they may well have to score a goal in Ren. Uh, and that's just my opinion. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully it's a nil-nil or a, you know. But you can see Ren really piling the pressure on on Thursday night unless they're having to deal with that. Uh, Go on, I was just going to say, particularly early on, the pressure's going to come, isn't it, Jerry? Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, you made a good point the other night that the first goal's going to be vital. And Ren will know that. They'll be aware of that. So they will be going all guns blazing trying to get that first goal on Thursday night because they, they will understand that one goal changes the whole complexion of the time. It really does. And if they get it first, then... You're on the back foot, unfortunately. You have to come out fighting when you're on the back foot and you're under pressure. But it, obviously, at the minute, it's still nil. Well, it's it's two nil to Leicester. The game hasn't started, but Leicester have to start the game brightly and take that momentum and that that home advantage, if you want, away from Ren as much as it can. It's going to be difficult. Yeah, uh, I guess West Ham almost Tony are in a, a completely different position, aren't they? They need to be the ones like Ren to come from behind. They've obviously only got one goal to do it, but so I guess you can see it almost from both sides. But but from a Leicester point of view, they they do need to to silence Ren early, don't they? In the tie, whether that is just keeping it tight for ten fifteen minutes, keeping the ball, making sure they don't have many chances, because by all accounts, it's an incredibly vociferous home crowd over there at Ren. Yeah, you would expect that. It will certainly be like that at West Ham when they play Sevilla on, on Thursday. And you know that Leicester are going to get exactly the same treatment when they go to Wren. 
I, I think what's interesting for me, Danny, is like they, they've taken the away goals rule out, haven't they, this season? <laughs> and that, that, you know, I'm trying to look at it from Leicester's point of view because, you know, in normal circumstances, you, 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 you'd win that game. It's great to score in, the, in injury time, etc., to get that second goal. You'd then be sitting in the dressing room saying, well, they haven't got an away goal. And then you would then know that when you're going out to Wren, that if you can get the one goal, then you know that, that the Wren have got to get four, haven't they, to get through. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it, I, I don't, I'm trying to work out the reasoning behind it. The, re- the reasoning they changed it, which was, I think it was in the 1960s or 70s or something, because there was too many teams away from home were playing defensive football and there was no incentive to go and get an away goal. And I, I know the rules have changed and they can't change the rules, but it, it doesn't really help Leicester, is what I'm trying to say. Because, you know, they're going to go out there and there's no incentive for them to go and get in the way goal, is it? All, the only thing is, is to make sure that if you're going to lose the game, you lose it 1-0 and you go through. So, it'll be interesting. But in terms of the atmosphere in the crowd, you know, European nights, it doesn't matter which, whether you play a team that's got 5,000 people or Barcelona got 90,000 people, you know an away game is going to be hostile, they're going to be singing. I mean, the, the atmosphere in Sevilla the other night was amazing. And that's what Leicester are going to have to face up to against Reading. They will make it hard for Leicester, but I think we will see Brendan revert to the team that he probably played, or very similar to the team that played on Thursday night, and put your best team out, just go and get the result, do a professional job, come home on the plane, and see who you get in the next round. Yeah, how do you see it going, Ewan? I agree with Tags, I think Leicester will have to score. Um, <coughs> Ren at a very good home side, you mentioned it yesterday, yesterday Dan, they've won their last five Home games conceding one goal. They've scored in all but one of their home games this season. Um, they had a great win away from home to Leon yesterday, 4-2, um, having been 4-0 four, four up. There'll be no surprises, you know, and, and, and the lads won't be surprised. They're going to come flying out for the first 15, 20 minutes. They're going to try and get that early goal. But, you know, by doing that, because that's what they did, on Thursday, to be fair, they started the game ever so well. They're four-four-two. They've got two quick wingers. You know, we know the full-backs are gonna are gonna bomb forward, especially the the, the left back. I think once again, Harvey Barnes can have can have a field day against their right back Troy, who really really struggled. And I said to you yesterday, because of the quality that Leicester have, I can't see them going to Ren and not scoring. I mean, if they can get that first goal, then <laughs> it probably puts the, 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 the tide to bed. But, you know, I, I was mentioning Leicester's away form this season. It hasn't been great. You know, yesterday was their fifth defeat in their last six away from home in, in the Premier League. They've only won two of their last 12 away games. I think one clean sheet in their last 20 away from home in the Premier League. So, those sort of stats tell you that Leicester will have to score on Thursday night. What will yesterday's result, Ewan, do, do you think? Because we, we talked before the game yesterday about the momentum that Leicester had, had clearly got. They, that would have been five wins in a row had they won yesterday. So is that going to... Is, is Brendan Rodgers almost going to say, you know, don't worry almost what happened on I, Sunday? And Dan, you've got to. to go? You've yeah. got to. You've got to. You, you, know, you can't dwell on things. I, I'm sure they'll speak about it. I, I'm sure they'll speak about what they could have done better what they should have done better. Um, I'm sure they'll speak about the goals. But you can't, you can't dwell on what's happened 24, 24 hours ago. That's gone. You, know, you can't impact that. What you can impact, what you can improve on, is your next game. What you can focus on. You can't focus on, 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 on what's happened against a good side because you've got a massive game coming up on, 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 on Thursday night. You can't have distractions. You, you, you know what you're, what you're up against. You know the team that you're going to be facing on Thursday. And you've given yourselves an absolutely great chance with that you know, 91st minute goal from Kalek. And there's a big difference, Dan, between going into a, a second tie 1-0 up. And can you imagine how they must have felt after the game? You know, 1-0, they've done well, they've taken a couple of chances, even though, I mean, Casper didn't have too much to, to do. But then they concede, they concede in the 91st, 92nd minute. Oh, I can imagine that, that away team dressing room at the King Power would have been as flat as a pancake after, after the game. Uh, but they would have got that disappointment out of their system by, by Thursday. And they will still believe that they've got enough to, to beat Leicester. Yeah, polar opposite results, really, as, as Ewan's referenced, Jerry, for Red mm-hmm. and Leicester this weekend with, 
with Rennes. That, that was almost like a, a Champions League shootout in a way. Lyon were just behind Rennes in, in the race mm-hmm. for the top three over in France. I think they were three points behind, so had they won that, they'd have gone level. Rennes went out there, they were 4-0 up after about 50 minutes. So it's, you know, that that is that is a confidence-boosting result if ever there was one. Yeah, I was going to say, if ever there was a hangover for, for Rennes or from Thursday night, the well and truly put that to bed yesterday. Uh, you know, that is some result. And that, that's after they're their away team coming back, going, to, going away to Lyon. <laughs> As well, which is, I mean, if you've ever been to Leon, that is, that's not an easy place to go to and get a result, believe you me. Uh, so, yeah, that is a massive result for them. So, they will be absolutely buzzing uh, for Thursday night. So, we'll, 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 it's going to be a great test at the yeah. time. It's just going to be up and down all the way this time. And, and Leicester, in all fairness, to get that two-goal advantage... I mean, that is massive, absolutely yeah. massive for them. I'm probably more than what they probably expected, but as the game, the way the game panned out on the night. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be another ding-dong tie on Thursday night. I really believe that. I think Leicester are going to have to, you know, withstand a bit of a, a storm from Rem. But, you know, we've spoken about, they've got players in the team that can take the sting out of Rem. And that's why I said if they get a goal, that hopefully can, will take a bit of sting out of Ren, uh and put them back on the back foot. We'll have to wait and see how they would respond to Leicester going ahead or, or scoring a goal or equalising even. But I think there's going to be a few goals either way in this, this one on Thursday. Yeah, what one thing is for certain, Tony, is that, is that Ren will believe that they can pull this off. There's no way they'll be going and just going through the motions. No, absolutely. And, and, and why would they think otherwise? I mean, yeah, of course, they would have been really, really disappointed with that, conceding that second goal. I mean, that is a real killer in the dressing room. We've all been there. We know what it's like, you know, especially in terms of European football, two-legged games. <laughs> it's bad enough when it's a one-off game that you can see, let alone if it's a second leg coming. But no, they, they, will, they will approach this game, Ren. They will all guns blazing and they will come out just taking the, the, the match to Leicester. You know what they're going to do. I think the most important thing from Leicester's point of view is game management. Thanks, just touched on it there. Yeah, you, good you've shout. got to manage the game. You've got to kill the game off. You've got to, you know, you take your time. And you know, I, I, Dan, I don't like to say it, but like just sometimes you just, you know, with the injuries, and don't get up as quick as you normally would do, and get Casper to take a quite little bit longer with the goal kicks, etc. You know, just just take the sting out of the game. Now, sometimes I think in English football we're a little bit guilty where we're. Everything's under a mile an hour and we're trying to sort of take the game and push forward. But Leicester don't need to do that. It, it's, 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 more, it's much more a case of, of it's a defensive rearguard operation that they've got to put into place. And they've got to make sure they've got their solid. If they're playing the, the, the 4-3-3, which Leicester normally plays, sometimes you can make that a 4-5-1. If Dapper's up there on his own or Kalecci, leave them up there. It's not a problem. They'll hold the ball up when it comes to them. You get your nine players behind the ball and then you say, right, break us down. We are winning 2-0. We don't have to do anything. We can draw this 0-0, happy days. We can lose 1-0 and go through. So I think the game management's going to be vital for Leicester. But what I would add to that is that Leicester have got enough experience in that team. They've played in Europe a few times now, haven't they? They know what they're doing. It's not like none of them know what they're doing. You've got you know, some, some are experienced international players. So there's some good players in that Leicester squad. And they've just got to manage the game properly to get through. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, Jerry Lester have missed Johnny Evans, obviously, this season. But but he is the type of player he would love to be travelling to, to Ren on Thursday to do exactly what Tony's saying there. Use that experience, use that game management. He He's probably played numerous games for Northern Ireland where they've had to go somewhere and take the sting out of something. Well, yeah, you know, you'd want Fafana, Castagna, Ricardo, Justin... You want them all in the team on Thursday night, don't you? But obviously, Johnny has a vast wealth of experience, hasn't he? At international level, in European football, in football in general. And, you know, when Tony mentions managing the game, then, I mean, I'm not saying players can crack under the pressure, but there's going when you're playing in a, a place like Ren with, with the fans and the noise, I would assume will be definite on Thursday night where you can barely hear 
you're speaking to your teammates, then you need someone on the pitch who's just going to calm the situations down as and when they arise. And I suppose with the experience that Johnny has and, and also backed up by Casper, uh, Yuri Tillemans is another very, very experienced European campaigner as well, international, Wilfred as well. You need those players who have the vast majority of the experience in the side to just manage the other less experienced players in the team to get you through this time. It, it is an exciting one, you and I know you're, you're working with us, aren't you, via yeah. Zoom, so one I'm sure that you're looking forward to. I, you can't help but look forward to the, the, these types of games. Um, two very, very good sides, two very attacking sides. Um, I, I think I think TC is spot on with the, the game management comment that he made. You know, it's all about Leicester dropping that tempo, playing at their pace, slowing things down, taking their times with every throw in, every free kick, every set piece. You know, and just trying to kill that momentum that that then will come out. And you know, Brendan knows. You know, Brendan's Brendan's vastly experienced. You know, he's, he he will have faced plenty of, of sides like this and plenty of occasions and nights like this. He knows what to expect. And I said, those first 15, 20 minutes are going to be vital. I think if, when you're going away from home, especially in a second leg of a, of a European tie, if you can see the first 20 minutes off and you can sort of get that enthusiastic start that the home team are going to, going to have with the home crowd behind them, if you can keep them quiet for 20 minutes, I think that's your first target. Shut up shop for 20 minutes and then build on that. And they're going to have to throw men forward. And by doing that, does that then give Leicester the opportunity to use the pace that they have in forward areas to go and score in the counter-attack? Yeah, join us on Thursday then. Uh, Match Day Live will begin from 4.15. It's a quarter to six kickoff. Um, so, yeah, join us on LCFC TV. Um, before we look at the other Premier League results of the weekend, Tony, just a quick word on West Ham. Obviously, you were out there in Spain. You'll be going, I'm sure, on, on Thursday, won't you? Are you confident West Ham can, uh, can overturn that 1-0 deficit? Oh, I'm not confident, Dan, no. But um, yeah, and the problem is that um, Antonio and Creswell both went off injured yesterday. We had two big players for West Ham. Jared Bowen didn't play in the first leg. So, I think the injuries might undo West Ham a little bit. I mean, listen, it, like what we're saying about Leicester, West Ham are more than capable of getting through to the next round, but this is a very good, severe team doing it, having a really good season in Spain. So West Ham have got to manage the game. I'm talking about game management for Leicester, Dan. West Ham have got to do the same. You can't go gung-ho trying to get goals in the first five minutes and then concede, because that really will put the pressure on. But like in Ren, it's going to be a great atmosphere at the London Stadium and hopefully West Ham and Leicester can both get through. Um, what result caught your eye, Tony, then, at, at, at the weekend? Well, talking about my former clubs, Dan, I think we probably can only start, and I'm not talking about West Ham and Leicester, I'm talking about Everton, and oh, dearie me, um, I'm really worried, I am really worried about them, um, they've got their lowest points total at this stage of the season they've ever had in the Premier League, and you know, I had, um, there was a famous season back in 94 when Everton had to beat Wimbledon in the last game of the season, last game of the Prem, and I was a part of that, and that was an awful experience to go through. There's been a, a few other near misses from Everton over the last probably 10, 20 years. So, um, 97, Tom, goal difference. Yeah, yeah well, that was, that was the same as well, Tags, wasn't it? That yeah. one, that was, a, you know, that was another near miss. And you're just thinking, you know, they, Frank Lampard's gone in there. You're thinking, surely they're going to pick up. They've had a couple of results, but they're just not, they're just not performing consistently. And they're, they're in real, real trouble. And to lose at home to Wolves yesterday was a big blow for everyone. With Newcastle at home on Thursday, that's just who you want to play in it. The form, one of the form teams in the Premier League at the moment. Uh, Jerry, uh, how about you? Well, I was going to mention uh, Everton as well because it is like <laughs> it is worrying times. But I, I suppose I'll, I'll have to uh, go with Man United and Cristiano Ronaldo scoring his first hat trick on returning to Manchester United, yeah. Uh, and what was, you know, a very good game of football. Yeah, terrific so, as well, yeah. So, yeah, uh, obviously, one of, if not still, what the best player on the planet. He's, had, he's come in for a bit of stick in recent weeks and months. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, one of his goals was absolutely frightening, wasn't it? That thunder, thunder blaster. From about 25, 30 yards, great strike for me. 
Uh, sorry, Thanks, 59 hat tricks as well. But his numbers are, are off the sheet, aren't they? There's not enough room on a, on a bit of paper to put his numbers down. So, yeah, fair play to him. That, that'll keep a few critics quiet for, for a while at least anyway. Um, and finally then, Ewan? Uh, two of my former clubs, um, one doing ever so well. Great win for, for Watford down at St Bailey's. You know, that that would give them a chance of, of maybe avoiding relegation. Um, but probably the biggest six-pointer of the season so far, Leeds and, and Norwich. Um, so it's a great win for Leeds' new head coach. You know, when it should have been done and dusted by half-time, apparently Leeds should have been well clear, but they didn't take their chances. Kenny McLean scores on, on 91 minutes. You think, well, Norwich, take a point, make sure you don't lose it. And then they concede one on 94 or 95 to, to lose the game. That's a massive blow for, for, for Norwich. Great win for Leeds. Uh, massive blow for Norwich. I can't see Norwich getting out of it now. Uh, right, let's move on then to our football Jenga at, at the very end of the show. Um, we are doing any player that has scored uh, seven or more Premier League goals uh, so far this season. Simple as that. Any player that's got seven or more Premier League goals this season, there are 28 players to choose from. And Jerry Taggart, you mentioned one a little bit of uh, a while ago, so you can kick us off. Uh, <laughs> for, please. Smith Rowe. Well, okay, okay, it's fine. He's got your phone on there, Tags. Tags has got his phone on there. I've just seen him cheating already, Dan. He's got his phone on. I'm looking at the, the, the games. I'm not looking at the players. Right. Tags, so, we both need help. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm just looking at the results, picking the, the game at the weekend. That's all. Right. I believe that. I believe you, Tags. So, Jerry has said Emil Smith Rose. So, Tony, you can go next for us. <laughs> Mo Salah. Yeah. Ronaldo. There we go. That's what I thought you were going to say, Jerry. All right. Saka. Uh, Yotta at Liverpool. Harry Kane. Jimmy Vardy. Sadio Mane, Liverpool. Ivan Tony. Has he, have you got them written down there? He's got a list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Ewan's doing it. He does it every week, Tags. He, we just don't know he's doing it. I'm just trying to watch Been Down Boys. Dennis of Watford. Good answer. Um, oh, I'm struggling now. I'm hoping I'm right this, so I'm going to go uh, Mikel Antonio. Yeah. Most of those were right at the beginning of the season, weren't they? Yeah. Timu Puki. Good answer. Ooh. Jared Bowen. Oh, Ted, I'm just going to say that. Is he right? He is, yeah. Oh, my dear, me. There's another Leicester player. Another Leicester player? Um, I thought that's a bad clue. Madison? Yeah. Oh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> we want to keep it going. We want to keep it going. Son? Yeah. Good answer. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Mares. Yes, correct. Oh, I'm fishing around now, um, and I've just said how bad this season's been, but I, I know he's got a few. Got Richarlison, but I'm not sure it's right. No. So that's Tony gone, so it's Ewan versus Jerry. One looks confident, the other one doesn't. Going <laughs> um, to go with... Rodrigo. No. Oh, Jerry oh, Taggart on, to get it, to win it. You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve possible answers. 
what do you call the other guy for Leeds? <laughs> Rafinha. Correct. Yes, yes thanks. <laughs> you and Robert. Uh, you've got your phone. Look, you've got your phone in your hand. Put your phone. Sad. Put your phone away. Put your phone away. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well done, Jerry. Well done, yeah, Rafinha. You and fiercely, you actually give me. Give me that player by saying Rodrigo from Leeds and I thought, the, the other he guy. Was the one I was, he was one, the one I was thinking, but I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, you've actually given me the answer. I just <laughs> can't remember his name. Uh, have we had a boom yet, Jerry? Something we have yet. <laughs> there we go, there we go. Uh, right, the, play, the players that you could have had, Tony and Ewan. Uh, Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes, Shea Adams, Connor Gallagher. Kevin De Bruyne, Mason Mount, Neil Morpé, uh, Ollie Watkins, Phil Foden, Raheem Sterling, and Wilfred Zaha. Um, oh, that's easy. Right, between you, between the three of you. That's poor. Yeah. That is poor. So many Man City players that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter, I don't. There's only one left. <laughs> <laughs> unbeaten run comes to an end as well. I always lose to tags. I always lose to yeah. tags. It's pressure yeah. when tags is on. <laughs> Had to happen at some point, didn't it? All right, well, brilliant. Thank you uh, to the three of you. Thanks to everyone that's listened in and watched along as well. Um, have a safe trip, a safe flight if you're heading out to Wren, of course, this week for that second leg. If not, join us on Match Day Live. But yeah, brilliant. Thank you to the, the three of you. Uh, I hope you all have a, a brilliant week as well. See you later. See you, lads. Cheers, boys. Cheers, boys.